0: Game on. Stories that need to be told. Mike Young, Stock Tip Dave is over here, and I'm staring at the stock market, and it's a plunge. It's a disaster. It's a bloodbath. All based on, what happened? Trump tweeted some shit?
1: He tweeted something. There's some trade war fears, and the whole market just crashing so if you have available cash you can get everything at a discount and everybody's panicking about the market going down
0: what does that mean you can get everything out at discount you can just pull your money
1: out of the bank no 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 no, no. i mean out of a discount so basically when everything tanks the way it is right now
0: right this second even though this podcast might come out in 11 hours it's a bad monday
1: it's a very very bad monday so if you do have free cash it's a good time to invest anytime the stock market dips or just gets hammered. The stuff that you normally think is, is overly priced balances out, and you can get it at a cheaper price.
0: Oh, so right now it's a good time to go in on Facebook, Apple,
1: yeah. big stocks that were too expensive. Like Netflix is down fifteen dollars today. Facebook four bucks.
0: What's Netflix at?
1: Netflix is at two eighty, and like two weeks ago, was at three hundred thirty five dollars.
0: My movie's still on there. Damn, you know what? Uh, It's fucking tough to trust the stock market, man. Like even Trump is wrecking the country one day at a time. This animal.
1: Even my is he doing? Even my weed stocks are down, but even if I cash, I'd still buy more because it's only it's for twenty twenty one. You're stocking up for. Speaking
0: of cash, damn Dave tried to do like a subtle. He tried to do like a subtle hint because I had him do a job last week and I hadn't paid him yet. (laughs) And so as he was sitting next to me, he just like basically pipes in and goes, oh, by the way, that white boy Rick chapter took about four hours. I said, do I owe you money? He's like, it's up to you. So basically, I got cash in my hand. Take a 20. (laughs) I'm only giving you 30. Take 25.
1: Thank you. That enough? Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. I appreciate it. Take a little more. (laughs) I'm so giving.
0: Uh, What a crazy. We got a lot to talk about, man.
1: Last week,
0: shit blew up on me. It blew up on me. What are you, counting the money?
1: No, I'm just putting it in a nice neat pile to put it in my own pocket like this. I'm, I'm Jewish, so i got to make sure it's nice and clean. Keep and it and close to the heart. Keep it close to the heart. You never Last
0: week, <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm starting to think maybe it's my... My, uh, my brother tells me I've been acting too aggressive since I started taking deer antler and drinking a lot of coffee. Maybe I've been aggressive and maybe it is me. But when I started this White Boy Rick book, right... So you know the deal, right? I've been working on this for like a couple months now with Harper Collins was the company. So I'm working with Harper Collins, and the whole time they're telling me this deal's going through, this deal's going through, but we need you to write. We got to get you writing right now because we're trying to get this book out at the same time as the movie. And the movie starring Matthew McConaughey comes out in uh, they thought August, which they don't know, but I know that the movie's getting pushed to like September. So. They're telling me every day I need I need words, and my lawyers telling me, my mom's telling my brothers, to everyone telling me, Mike, don't write a word until they give you your money. But me, being a conditioned writer, artist, sucker, motherfucker, excuse my language, being just in that sucker frame of mind for so long, I start writing and I'm writing like crazy. And I'm writing 2000 words a day to, you know what I mean? And I'm handing in 10,000 words uh, on a Friday and I'm getting back from the editor the first week, like great stuff. Here are my notes. Then I start looking at his notes. Now I haven't done a lot of books. Obviously I only did Rappaport, you know, I co-wrote Rappaport's book. This book has balls. It's done very well for Simon and Schuster. bestseller. It's a bestseller. It's uh, one of the best experiences I ever had because I was working back and forth with Michael and then it was going to Simon & Schuster and it was coming back to Michael, back to me. Very smooth flow. This shit never started out. This this shit never was good from the jump street. I went and I met this dude, this editor dude. I'm not even going to say his name because I don't want to put people on blast. You know what I mean? I'm sure he's got a life he worries about. But fuck him. I wa- You know what I mean? I should have known when he had a tucked in white button down shirt and a beard that was trimmed perfectly that this shit wasn't going to go well <laughs> for me. That he was not the guy to edit an underworld figure, famous dude in prison, white boy Rick. I should have known. So he starts sending me back his edits. And if you've ever worked on a book, when they send you back edits on the Word doc, it's like red lines everywhere and diagrams and notes on a side it's like it's very hard for someone who's just a, a writer i don't claim to be a great diagram maker or an incredible you know what i mean i have a hard time looking at a page that's got like 15 paragraphs crossed out and then it says that it's moved to another my brain doesn't work like that all right i'm very smart i'm very not you know what i mean i'm really smart in some things i'm not smart other things are not great with me they never have been i know what my strengths are I'm not trying to work on my new shit uh, on shit. I'm not good at today. That being said, I started to catch little like, I don't have a great memory, but when I write for some reason, I remember every single word that I wrote. And when I'm reading, when I'm rereading it and someone sends it back to me, I can catch you if you've added like five words or a word here, or a word there, or a joke that wasn't in there. And this motherfucker, I see like a couple of sentences of like jokes like, there was a point in the book that I was writing, and it was about, like, it was Rick doing time with the guy that tried to kill him. There was a hitman a hitman in Detroit in the 80s who was hired to kill him. This is all public knowledge. This is not me, t- you know, saying something out of line or snitching. This is fact. You can Google it. Nate Boonecraft was a hitman in Detroit in the 80s. He was hired by people, offered a lot of money, given a lot of money to kill him, to kill Rick. He didn't get him. He missed him three times. Tried to get him at the courthouse, missed him there. Just missed him. All right, long story short, he ends up in prison with Rick. While Rick's in jail, this dude comes into jail. So this was a chapter I wanted to do in the book. And the chapter was about doing time with the guy that was hired to get you. And these are dark topics. I don't, you know, it's it's a very dark world that they were living in. But it was a very interesting to me because the psychology of it was here comes a guy into prison who tried to get me and he didn't, but now we're still going to have a problem. Long story short, they didn't have a problem. Rick went, talked to him when he got there, told his cellmate, told all the other dudes that had his back, shit could go down, it didn't go down. And they talked it out. It was just two dudes in that world 30 years ago is what it was. And basically the, or 20 years ago for him when they met in jail. But but what basically what Nate said was, listen bro, I was hired to do a job, I didn't do the job, I got no problem with you. And Rick was like, yo, bro, I'm with you. We just this was the world we lived in. And when you choose to live in that world, there are just certain rules. So my, my point is I wrote the chapter about that. And I wrote a part about how when Boone walked in, you know, he's he's menacing looking. He is. He's six four, six five, two eighty, you know what I mean? Bald head strong as shit and he's an efficient killer so he's an intimidating dude but when they got to talking he was a nice guy he was cool with them they were just he was just talking you know matter of fact i catch this fucking editor i catch a sentence in there that says when we got to talking he actually was a nice guy the kind of guy i would invite in for a milk or like for uh, the kind of guy i would invite in to sit down and have a beer i'm and that shit pisses me off. Don't add something in there, A, that isn't true, because Rick would never have invited him in for a beer, because they weren't inviting people in for a beer in the 80s when you were drug dealing and you know and shit was going down. There were no beers being shared. So that, that should have been my first note that this was not going to work out with this dude, right? So I let that one slide, even though I wrote him back. I said, hey, do me a favor. Rick speaks in a certain way. Do not add words to his mouth. Don't add dialogue that's corny and you're and you're corny. And so his corny ass took offense to that and I started getting emails that were more like more direct at me, more like okay, I expect 10,000 words by Friday then. On some bitch ass bitch tone. Like his tone was bitchy. So, I didn't respond to him and every week on Tuesdays we were supposed to have a set call. I stopped taking those calls. I stopped the calls. His agent, the agent for the book, Rick's agent actually, was begging me to do this. To begging me to do the, you know, turn in the words, Mike. I promise, Mike. I promise it's going to go down. I promise. Payment is imminent. Those were her words. Payment is imminent. So I just listened to her, but I kind of half-assed it a little bit. And I didn't bust my ass because just something in my gut told me this was going to blow up. And last Friday, when Collins, when they were supposed to cut my check, literally... I get a phone call from Rick's lawyer. And by the way, the day before this, I said to Rick, he called me, you know, he was, you know, we only get 15 minutes to talk cause he's locked up. But he called me and I said, dude, these people are fucking around, man. Let's go somewhere else. You know, because I can't, I have to, you know, be careful how I talk on there. But he was like, let's go somewhere else, bro. Whatever you want to do, I'm with you. And so my whole point is it blew up. The deal is not happening with them, with HarperCollins. I know they're a giant company and I don't wanna burn a giant bridge, but this one dude, bro, this was not the way to do it. And we are gonna take this book and make it a smash hit book and we're taking it somewhere else. But it stressed me out. And while the lawyer was telling me that the deal's not gonna go down simultaneously, I was texting like a mean, I, I was writing a mean email to the dude, to the editor, and to to the agent. Of the book. I basically just said, yo, this is the least unprofessional, this is the most unprofessional situation I've ever been involved in, and straight up, don't contact me ever again. If you want to dangle a carrot in front of somebody, go dangle it in front of somebody else. You guys have no idea what you're doing. Goodbye. That's it. Then I called my lawyer and I said, go get me some money from these guys for the work that I did do and we'll see what happens. They probably won't pay, and it's all going to work out in the end because I've got the story, and I got Rick on my side, but this was, time is all you have. You know that, right? Oh,
1: yeah. Absolutely.
0: Number one commodity. Fuck the stock market. Fuck all that. Time is is the greatest commodity we have. How are you going to spend your time? I can look at that situation two ways. I can go, i wasted, wasted, wasted my time, or I can go, I've got 35,000 words already written on this book. When I take it over to another company, we're already in motion. We're already flown.
1: Because if, uh, if Rick's agent all of them wants you to do it, the book's going to go where you go.
0: Exactly. Exactly. And listen, I've never met Rick face-to-face, but I was, I'm, you know, I'm going to go visit him in Florida, and we're going to sit down and we're going to chop it up, and we're going to get the real information, and I'm going to be able to do this book the proper way you know what I mean? Not being harassed by this editor. Little bitch-ass editor. Damn, man. If I, and, and, you know, <laughs> I am Mike Young, but I am also Young Mike. And I'm, I'm, I struggle with this all the time.
1: Hey, if you need some muscle, I'm <laughs> your guy.
0: Yo, Dave is a hired assassin. Dave will get you.
1: I got the Fists of Fury ready to go. <laughs>
0: Fists of Fury. They move very fast at a very light, light Wait, what are you? One hundred seven pounds? No, like one hundred and thirty. One hundred and thirty pounds. So basically, you would have fought like Wilfredo Be- Wilfred Benitez back in the day. Okay, it would not have been good. You're one hundred thirty pounds, and uh, you are not an intimidating force. But that's why we love you, and that's why we keep you around. Cause I like not intimidating people. But I had to vent that out because that that week stressed me. And by the way, while I was doing that. I still have work, you know what I mean. I still have my regular movie that I'm working on, you know what I mean. My Swipers movie. We well,
1: had some I, big meetings too.
0: I did have big meetings. I don't even remember any of them. Oh yeah, I do. I, I had a great meeting. Want to talk? Want to talk about that right now? Dave's got a couple stories. Dave calls
1: me. This is the best. Well, your meeting.
0: Yeah, but Dave. I'm gonna let you tell your story later because Dave's got stories too. And this, you know, this is just a podcast about stories that need to be told. I needed to get that off my chest. And what I think the point of that whole story is, if you're an artist, if you're a writer, if you're, I'm reading, I'm rereading Stephen King's book on writing, but whatever you're doing, if there's a business situation at hand, have the strength and the power to sit back and say no, which is what I didn't have for some reason. And I've done, I've said no before to shit, but for some reason, I truly believed this clown dude at that company. I truly believed that payment was coming no matter what and then because what my plan was is once the money dropped i had two assistants on the side i I had you working and i had another guy i already gave money to 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 start uh, outlining chapters for me so it was about to be game on but they're so stupid that you know it wasn't game on so anyway that's You know, it's so funny, bro. I'm not a ranter. Like, I'm not like, you know, Rappaport will go bury you. He'll ruin your career. He'll bug his stump all over you. That's his, that's not, I've never been like that, you know, but I guess it's good to feel. And so, you know, when we go make this White Boy Rick book, and it will come out around the same time as the movie, when we make it, it's going to sell a lot of copies. And the deal is going to be double, at least, of what I was about to sign. So it's a blessing in disguise, but kiss my ass if you ever try, you know, coming down on me like that again. Because life is short, and I have no problem smacking an editor. <laughs> <laughs> but I won't, I, won't, I won't do that with the next editor. But this motherfucker, if I see him in the streets in New York... We're gonna have to talk. Should
1: we get a boxing ring? Should we get a boxing ring ready or what?
0: I would love it. Listen, he could listen. He might whoop my ass. This guy could be a professional boxer turned bitch-made editor. I have no idea. There's, there's <laughs> crazier stories out there in the world. But hey, I'm willing to take a chance.
1: He could squeal after one punch. He
0: could squeal. He could squeal. That's a great comment. Speaking of fighting, last night I don't know if you weren't at the comedy store last night. No. Jim Jeffries was up here last night. Hammered. Hammered. But funny. He might be the funniest drunk ever. He should only be drunk. Jim Jeffries did Adam Ray's podcast last night on stage. And they did Adam Ray and, uh, and Brad Williams. And they had um, Adam Devine on, the actor, who used to work at the improv, which I had, I've been at the improv a thousand times over 18 years. I have never didn't even know that. Maybe I knew him. But... Jim Jeffries was the first guest And he didn't leave the stage When Adam Devine came on And Jim Jeffries was just He goes You look like a fat Matt Damon I mean he just <laughs> <really> <laughs> been into him. And I was with my boy Chris Case Who wrote the show Legit On FX for He wrote it for Jim Jeffries That was Jim Jeffries' show And Jim was on the patio afterwards Hammered <laughs> And I see him coming towards me And I'm like You know I, I don't know him at all like, literally don't know him at all. And I'm talking to Chris, and he comes over drunk, and he goes, Who is this? To me. And I'm like, hey, man, big fan. I just was like, in diffuse mode. Because okay, I'm literally thinking, because he's, like, drunk, and he's kind of, like, putting his hands up. And he's like, like, this kind of shit. <laughs> and I'm thinking, oh, my God. I might ruin Jim Jeffries' TV show. Like, you know what I mean? Because he, like, he starts, like, jabbing at me. He's jabbing at me. He's trying to fight you? He's, like, he's not trying to fight me, but he's wrestling with me a little bit. And I'm absolutely not going there with Jim Jeff. you know what I mean? Unless he punches me in the mouth. But I'm so paranoid because of my life that, in my mind, I'm like, if Jim Jeffries, like, just... Because he looked like he might headbutt me. He's, like, that kind of guy. I was like, if Jim Jeffries headbutts me, I'm going to just punch one tooth out. Like, just the front little... He's got really little teeth. (laughs) I was like, I'm just gonna hit like one tooth, but he was just he was actually cool after he was actually very funny and cool. But I'm like, here comes Jim Jeffries hammered. Oh, fuck that bunny right there. I mean, he was lit, and it was going. I, I we left, and actually, I had to get out of the circle because he kept wrestling with me. And I kept looking at my boy who did a show, and, I, and he's like, no, don't just leave him, just leave him alone. But the idea that I had was like, yo, Jim Jeffries should just do patio comedy. This should be the fun drunk on a patio.
1: Sounds a little more interesting than my night.
0: What was your night?
1: Well, I went to Dantana's for dinner. I ended up getting a ticket eleven, uh, like eleven minutes before eight o'clock because I guess you have to pay till eight. Who'd you go with? Um, just some friends of mine, and then we ended up going to the body shop.
0: Oh, really? Why didn't you call me? I would have popped over.
1: I didn't know. Didn't didn't know. But the body shop, I, I tell you, I've been to good strip clubs in yeah. New York and Saint Martin. Yeah. And the body shop wasn't anything to go home and brag about.
0: (laughs) No, hell no. The body shop is like a weird, fake strip. They don't even take all their clothes off, do they?
1: They had the same stripper perform at least three times in 20 minutes because they didn't have any girls working.
0: It's unbelievable. (laughs) LA, all the fine girls in LA, nobody wants to dance. They're too good to dance. Get some dancers out there. Let's get
1: it going. Why don't they sell alcohol? I don't get it. I don't get it either. That's why... Are they
0: topless or not? They're not even topless. Don't they wear, like, a bikini top?
1: No, they're topless. Were they? All
0: right, because some of these places.
1: Because I, I, got, I got taken to the back room. I was going to do, do a lap dance. The girl was like, I thought I was going to do a lap dance for $25. She's like, no, I don't do lap dances for $25. I only do all nude for 40 And I'm like, okay. And then so wow. I, got, I, I got suckered into the $40. Of course you did.
0: <laughs> By the way, what kind of world are we living in where, like, there's, like, a $15 difference in, like, a in the grand scheme of her her dance. Was it worth it? Forty, was it great?
1: Not really, cause none of the girls were just Did like- she
0: smell like spray tan?
1: You- <laughs> and Febreze? I actually got a funny story about spray tan. When I went to a strip club in New York, the woman had so much spray tan on her- That hey, you were orange. My pants had an imprint of orange from like my stomach to like my groin area, because she, she was like rubbing her ass on me, and there's like spray tan all over me. That's amazing. I don't do
0: spray tan. I don't do. I don't date girls with too spray tan like that. I've I've had issues. This girl came over a while ago. Next thing I know, there's like orange on the couch that's white. You know what I mean? It's just ladies get a regular tan, or find a spray tan that doesn't leave off your body. Wherever you go, you yeah. know what I mean? There's restaurants everywhere with spray tan on the chair.
1: Because usually when I go to a strip club, there's there's always usually at least one girl where I'm like, oh my god, I have to get a dance from her. Not one at the body shop. <laughs> you think? Oh, you did? There was not one fine one. There's not one where I was just like, I have to get a lap dance.
0: By the way, my nephew's coming to town tomorrow. I wish he was going to be on the podcast, but he's so cool, he wouldn't even want to be on my on my podcast. My 16 year old nephew, nephew Cameron. Is coming in tomorrow. He wants to do spring break with Uncle Mike. And you know, you got, thanks, Dave. Dave got me tickets. Dave, you, you hooked it up. You got me the Kings tickets. What do I got? Kings?
1: Kings and Galaxy. And Galaxy.
0: You think it's too much to do two Kings games with him?
1: It's up It's he up loves to you guys. Hockey. You can do it if you're not too tired.
0: I wonder if I should do two Kings games. In a I room.
1: mean, you're talking to somebody when I worked in Atlanta in the month of January alone. There's the Atlanta Hawks and Thrashers. Yeah. Out of a 30 day month, there was 25 home games, and I went to every single one of them. Oh, my
0: God. So at that point, doesn't just the, the love of the game dissipate a little yeah, bit? Yeah, like
1: that year, I managed to make it out of... There's 86 combined games, yeah. hockey, basketball. I went to 83.
0: That's that's almost like LeBron's record.
1: I know. <laughs> Consecutive.
0: Re- that's, a, that's, that's a world record, Dave. Meanwhile, as I'm sitting here, this is the life of L.A., man. This is how crazy L.A. is. I just get a text just now. <laughs> it says scum it's it's. It, I don't even know if I can talk about this I could talk about it when I first moved to LA I fell in I told, I've told this story before on, on, on the podcast where like I fell in with Leo and Kevin and the whole crew right so then there's like extended crew and they guys used to come to my comedy shows. We all were playing basketball together. We hung out. And one of my boys, who I love, you know, he was into boxing. He boxed himself. I think he had a pro fight or two, was Rick Solomon. And Rick, Rick is the guy, you know who that is? Rick, Rick is the guy who's famous for being in the Paris Hilton video with Paris Hilton, which made her famous. So Rick is, Rick, I just got a text from him. But what I'm gonna I was say,
1: thinking of a different video.
0: Oh no no no, no. the only video. This is the <laughs> Paris Hilton video. And this is whatever, eighteen years ago, fifteen years, whatever it came out. Rick was in the video, he's the guy. And anyway, Rick's he's funny to me, man. He's a pre he plays poker, he makes money. I like him a lot. But he had an amazing story and he hired me back in the day to write his movie and his story, his movie was incredible because it was like based on some people that he knew and his life and this and that, but the funny thing was he was all cash and so he would come to my place and literally sit where you are, like sit right there and just every hour drop another hundred. He would just drop another hundred. This is my cousin Pam calling. Should we should we talk to her real quick? I mean, anybody can call. She, she wants to know what's up with Cameron. Um, Dow drops what? 59 points. Should I buy Amazon now? As Amazon tumbles? We'll talk to Pam real quick, but hold on one sec. Pam? Hello? Pam? Yes, hello. Well, yo, I'm doing my podcast right now. Can I call you uh, back? Yeah, call me back. Everything good? Yeah, are you in town? I'm in town. Cameron comes in town tomorrow. We got to make a plan. You know, yeah, what? Well, If you're around Oh you know what Maybe I will do that Maybe if I Maybe I will do that I gotta get a bunch of Stuff straight for Cameron But That's uh, What time is the game 6.30 Yeah So everyone's coming over Around 5ish So come over whenever Alright cool I'll see you later Okay Alright That was my cousin Pam And uh Maybe I'll go Bill Belichick frustrated with Rob Gronkowski. Of course he is, because Gronk's talking crazy. He's gonna go be a professional wrestler. You know, Gronk is Gronk's. Uh, he does his own thing. He don't, he don't. He I could tell by when I worked with him, he doesn't care. Uh, anyway, so my point was that L. <laughs> a. LA is such a funky, wild, crazy town, and anything can happen. That all of a sudden, the dude from the video has hired me to write a movie, and he just called me because I think he wants to make the movie. Which would be very cool because it is a crazy story. But like I used to just sit there typing away at my computer, and he'd be next to me dropping a hundred dollar bill every hour. I was just a hundred an hour. Damn. And I think by the end of it, I I probably only got ten grand to write it, but it was fun, and it was a great story. And then we just put it on the shelf for a while because I think he probably made a fortune off that video, and uh, (laughs) and and did his and went away and you know just went off and did his own thing. But that's how crazy Los Angeles is. You never know who you're going to meet, run into, do business with. And what I was about to say is that's why you should not burn bridges like I might have just done with that editor. Might be burned.
1: Well, he's in New York, so.
0: I know, Dave, but it, it, it's a small world. You know, <laughs> there's, there's emails, there's airplanes, there's everything. Anyway, what happened to you? Dave's... Dave, Dave's been dying to tell a story. And it is a funny story because it's tax season right now. And Dave, <laughs> and we all like, whatever, I got my accountant that I put all my stuff together in a folder and I just give it to him and he just calls me and says what's going on and I deal with it. But Dave had an accountant, you tell the story, and he <laughs> no longer has the same accountant.
1: <laughs> what so, happened, Dave? So basically, I've been preparing all my tax stuff for like the last couple of weeks to send over to my mom and my parents because we've had the same accountant for years.
0: This is how the Jewish people do it. They got one accountant in the family. He handles the whole family.
1: Yeah, go it, ahead. He's been our accountant, God knows how long, tw- yeah. 20 years. And my parents finally get all the tax stuff ready, ready to go. They call their accountant. They go, they go his name is... Can I mention his name? Of course. His name is Brian Bewalda. And they called him and they're like, hey, is Brian Bewalda available? They're like, no, he's not. And my parents are like, well, what's going on? They're like, well, he actually passed away. And this is like a week ago. And my parents are like, he passed away? When did this happen? And then they go, well, actually, he passed away in August during Hurricane Irma because he went to check on his wife and I think he got electrocuted by a loose wire. So he... Yeah, So he got electrocuted by a loose wire in his house (coughs) looking for his wife. He passed away in August and here we are a month before all the taxes are due, before all the collections are due. And we're just finding out now that we're going to have a new accountant because our accountant died in April. (laughs) Forget that he died in April.
0: Or not April, it's August.
1: August, The fact
0: that he died from a loose wire. Yeah. What a tragic way to go. Did his
1: wife live? I don't know anything about it and my parents were just like why didn't anybody get notified and they just didn't have a good example they're just like we'll expect a call from your new accountant soon (laughs) holy shit so so the man's been dead for eight months and they didn't tell anyone that's weird that is weird why Uh, would
0: they not tell anybody
1: I have no idea
0: Life is so crazy, man. Anything happens in this, in this world. You know what I mean? When your accountant gets hit with an electrical wire from Hurricane Irma, <laughs> and the odds of that are like one in seven billion, what the hell are we doing? We're just a speck of dust on a floating window. Uh, that's yeah. just the most random
1: thing I've ever so, heard. Did you get the new accountant? I don't know. I'm supposed to get a call here soon. So You haven't,
0: you haven't talked to the new accountant?
1: I don't know who it is. It's supposed to be some girl. Well, don't worry about it. I don't think it's a big tax year. Is it a big tax year for you? Like, are you stressed? Not Dude, you really. Just
0: got properties. You're gonna be fine, bro. You're one of those dudes. You're just you're gonna be rich forever. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's like, the, there's like, there's like, there's like, there's like the Jewish. See, people have like a bad, not a bad look, but like you know, people always think of Jewish people like accountants, lawyers, doctors. But most people don't know that there's like a subculture of Jews that are not bor- <laughs> born rich that had to bust their ass like the Italian people and the Irish people that had come over from Ellis Island you know what I mean on the ferry and had to get their shit and work as you know they were lugging meat and you know taking jobs as butchers and you know had to start criminal you know little enterprises just to fucking survive because they couldn't <laughs> speak English or drive you know what I mean and like I could tell you're from like the accountant lineage which is great I admire it I envy it I always did admire it I knew those kids growing up you know what I mean and believe me, my dad did very well towards the end of his life. Yeah, like
1: my, my, my grandfather did stocks, my dad was a doctor, he did stocks. So it's like stocks have been instilled since before I was born. Stock
0: tip date. It's no mistake. <laughs> you, you were born to be you were born to make us money. So but that's it's interesting because there's a whole subculture. And my family is a shade darker than that. they they're they're a shade. You know, no one wants to ever talk about it in my family, except if you talk to my Uncle Sam, he's always bringing up, like, rough shit, like fights, and then my, my grandfather owned a bar called the Purple Pussycat in Detroit. You don't own the Purple c- Pussycat if you're straight-laced. You're not leaving dental school to open up the Purple Pussycat. My grandfather had to work when he was 10 years old supporting his family, like, literally as a 10-year-old. He was out as a fucking 10-year-old meat. Carrier You know what I mean Door to door Salesman type of shit Like he was just Grinding it out See
1: that reminds me Of a name of a Old establishment In Orlando Where I'm from It was actually Shown on the movie um, Problem child Whatever it's one, one, First one or second one But there's a strip club Called the booby trap And it was shaped Like two boobies Yeah
0: Yeah I know the boob I feel like I've been To the booby trap In Orlando <laughs> Is it still there?
1: (laughs) No, it's gone. Is it? Yeah.
0: I played Orlando 10 years ago, eight years ago with Russell Peters. We had a great time. And I'm such a weirdo that Russell actually flew private. We flew private, but I saw that a storm was coming and I got too scared to fly private home and they went private home. Of course, I paid for my own Delta ticket like a dummy. Pussy ass. Anyway,
1: oh the other random thing I was going to tell you, just because I saw the bottle of water, Dave, you can't
0: just word associate and then just jump off on a of line. I was just telling people about the difference between the accountant family Jews and the roughneck Jews. I'm a roughneck Jew. You you know that. Like I'm from the purple pussycat lineage. You know what I mean? <laughs> My grandpa, we would go on his boat. He would pull over somewhere and like deliver a, an envelope to like this Italian guy's house and then come back. You know we. It is what it is. I love. I love. My DNA. I ex- totally accept it, but it is the reason that I have weird thoughts about
1: smacking an editor. Well, you are in it, boxing too.
0: I do. I love boxing. I boxed, yeah, I boxed my whole life. And I don't like street fighting or I don't like that, but like, I do love to fight. I do love to get in the ring and mix it up and hit the bag and hit the pads and jump rope. There's a beautiful rhythm to boxing, there's a beautiful dance to boxing, and it's really crazy when you get punched in the face in the ring, what happens, like mentally, like, you know what I mean? You either take it as like, you either go into fear and cover up or you get angry and step up. It's a really, it's psychological, you know, it's why, uh, it's why boxing will be around forever. It's the most interesting of the combat sports to me. I'm sure if Joe Rogan was sitting right next to me, he would say no. He would probably say MMA, mixed martial arts. There's so many more variables and, you know, it's more mathematic. And I don't know what he would say. Maybe I'll call Joe and see if, he'll get, <laughs> see if, see if I can get Joe on the podcast. Joe, would you leave your $100,000 a day podcast to come on my podcast? He probably would, though, actually. Hey, if you don't ask, you don't know. know. By the way, he would. Uh, that's why we need to do a nighttime podcast. Mike, is Mike back there? I got to let Mike know. We, we need a nighttime I introduced you to the guy from All Things Comedy on your email before you knew it. Today I did that, like five minutes, ten minutes ago. I introduced you to him, and I introduced you to uh, to Brenton, who runs like some stuff here at the comedy store. So I want you to try to push and get Mike Schmidt to give us a nighttime time. And we'll do live streaming at night. Yeah, Like you said. Because this is one o'clock in the afternoon. I mean, truthfully, I should be writing pages, which I'm not. But... uh Anyway, that's, that. that's, that's it. But what were we talking about? You so your t- accountant's dead. Dave's accountant is dead. And you're alive. That's
1: good. <laughs> You're alive. The I just don't understand dead. that eight months goes by and they don't tell anybody. It's that like, I mean,
0: there's some shady shit going on. Like there was like some unfinished business. Yeah. Maybe his will wasn't done. You know, who the hell knows, man? People die and like all of a sudden, just their whole life is upside down. You know what I mean? Like they didn't get anything in order.
1: Yeah, it's like you know, it's, My
0: dad didn't believe in in life insurance. My dad, but thank God he did very well. At the very, my dad made a lot of money in a very short period of time. He struggled. You know, I, I told you we were. I, I lived through. I lived in three tax brackets: poor, white, trash tax bracket. And I don't want to say trash because I loved my neighborhood, Red Leaf Lane. It wasn't white trash, but it was poor white people that, like, you know, the rough kids in the neighborhood had, like, let, they looked like the outsiders. <laughs> Leather jackets. I saw a gun get pulled at a high school football game a couple times from those type of guys. Then we went to middle class, you know, Glenmora. Shout out to Glenmora. Greatest neighborhood ever. Cul-de-sac to cul-de-sac. 40 kids on one block. The best way you could ever grow up. And it's probably what made me want, you know, to write was because I had so many characters in my life every day that I thought, this, I got nine movies on one street. Like, literally.
1: That's kind of like how I grew up, but not like in the same exact way, but there's a bunch of kids in my, in my neighborhood that... Isn't that great? I mean, there's like a whole bunch of stories that you could tell from it. Yeah,
0: but aren't those, isn't that the best way to, aren't you happy that you grew up in a, on a block? Like, I don't know if you got picked on because you were little. No, oh, I did. You did. Yeah. You got bullied, but your brother beat you up a little bit. You know, oh, yeah. You got bullied. But, you know, I got bullied and I wasn't little. I got bullied in the white, in the in the roughneck white neighborhood I was in. Bro, I got bullied crazy. <laughs> uh, there was a mean white, did I talk about this on the last podcast?
1: getting bullied yeah yeah yeah. and then your dad confronted him and, oh, they, yeah, yeah, and yeah, then yeah. there's a for sale sign yeah yeah
0: great story oh I'll, I'll, I'll tell that every every week don't fuck with the youngs at least when my dad was alive but yeah i, I got bullied 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 and then one day and i was i was 10 and i was getting bullied by a 17 year old not bullied beaten i wasn't he wasn't like saying a lot he was smacking the shit out of me Beat me on the ground, and then going with his white trash homie and blowing off quarter sticks of dynamite in the street for fun. This was like a bad person.
1: And see, I had a neighbor friend that did that, but not with dynamite, with M80s. This this guy would tie up like five of them. Somehow or another, there ended up being cows in his backyard because um, we in Orlando. I guess his mom ran into. I guess the circus was in town, their car broke down, they needed a place, and she's like, okay, we'll I have a huge backyard, just store all your cows in my backyard until, until your car gets fixed. Next thing I know, this guy's tying up eight to ten AM80s. Thinking it's hilarious, he puts them inside the, the the huge stacks of manure that are in his backyard. It blows up, gets all over him, and he's all, all confused. White blew up into his face and all over his clothes. Oh, good! He
0: deserved to get shit on. You know what I mean? That's just a dummy. We were all dumb as kids, you know. What I'm when they say your brain doesn't form till you're you know fully formed and settle till you're like twenty five or whatever, that's true. That is just I, I believe it. I just believe it because. It's amazing how many bad decisions you make as like a teenager and an early twenties person. You know, you don't gain the wisdom until you get older. If you are smart enough to recognize what you need to know,
1: you should. You should hear the story about how I tried to hide from a bee.
0: <laughs> I think, let's hear it. We got time. Did you try to hide from one
1: bee. Well, I was like five six. I was like you know scared shitless. You're of... still
0: five six. You are five six,
1: aren't you? No. Five seven. I wish what
0: do you mean you were 5'6 uh, Will no, you
1: shrink no I'm 5 or 6 years old oh
0: five or 6 I thought you said I'm five six.
1: no no no. 5 or 6 I was 5 or 6 years old I was getting chased by a bees and so my logic at that point in time was what do I do to get rid of the bee so I take my bicycle and I ride it into the deep end of the pool
0: <laughs> that's terrible terrible ter- with water in
1: it yeah with water and I, just, yeah. I ride my bike into the pool and I sink to the bottom and my, my, my parents had to jump in and get me all, be, all because I was trying to hide from, a, hide from a bee. In Charlevoix, in the summers, we
0: go to Charlevoix, Michigan, up north, northern Michigan. We go there every year and uh, it's the best. We have a couple houses there. My brother has a house, my mom, boat. It's the most beautiful, tranquil, most amazing place on earth. We go there, but there's a pier that you can ride your bike. You can whip it right off the pier and it's a blast. We did that a couple years ago, just wha-bam. I'm a grown-ass man in my deep 40s driving a bike off a here. because in my mind, I'm 22,
1: and I can still
0: <laughs> whip a BMX bike. It didn't, it didn't go great. It didn't go great. You don't really hit the water the way you think you're going to hit it. You know what I mean? There's a lot, of, lot more pain involved. You smack the water hard. You know what I mean? People don't realize that. Don't do dumb shit.
1: Yeah. And also pay attention to the, to the water you're drinking because... Last week, I'm not even kidding I was with the friend. We were going to the Grove She was smoking a cigarette went inside a garage for some reason. She thought you couldn't smoke inside of a garage So she took the cigarette puts it in a water bottle like this. That's in my like drink console in the middle I had no idea she did it totally forgot so it sits there for hours sits there for hours later that night I meet up with my friend again and I had to take a, a medicine or a pill. And I was just like, all right, I got to take this pill. It's time to take it. I look around. I'm trying to find the first thing of water that I could find. This thing is literally sitting right in the middle. Not, I don't see anything. And, you know, obviously it's pitch black or whatever the color of the cigarette is. I take it. I drink it. Swallow whatever. And I take a big swig to take my pill. All of a sudden, I'm like, oh, my God, I just drank cigarette water. And she's sitting there next to me laughing. And all of a sudden, I start gagging, driving, and I had to pull over to throw up. Did you throw it up? I threw it up on the side Jesus of the road. Damn. I drank cigarette water.
0: Damn. Did you get the pill down or did you have to retake the pill?
1: Honestly, I don't know. You don't know? Okay. <laughs> I have no idea. It could be on the side of the street also, for all I know. Jesus. <laughs> now,
0: let's talk about the other. What, what other meetings did I have last like, yeah. week? The
1: single mic thing? Yeah, the Henson Productions and the Instruction Media.
0: Oh yeah yeah yeah. Great meeting last you know what? You can't believe that it takes this long to find people that you like to work with. Like, when I did my man as a loser, I loved everyone on that crew and I would go and some of the people from that movie went over and we did a stand up guy and some of the same people came over and you you find this you, you find your like minded group and you like always hope for that as an artist. You just hope you can get a collab with people you like collabing with and it's this town is not giving like that. It's not loving like that. But I went to uh, Henson Studios a few weeks back, and I met with the head of development of the, a new company called Rivet. And the dude was like, "They watched the single mic thing that I made. Remember, you know, the yeah, single mic video. They absolutely. watched, which I made. You know, a few years ago, I made it. But it's like something that just keeps popping up in my world because everybody who sees it, because like you
1: said HBO didn't wanted to do it, right? HBO had signed me to uh,
0: to write, yeah. They, I wrote a pilot for HBO, they signed me up to write a pilot, I wrote the pilot idea based loosely on single mic, and then when they, I wrote it, turned it in, and then they ended up putting on the show Crashing, because it was very similar in worlds, I was a com- playing a comedian, just going through his own journey, blah blah blah, point being, it all came back to me, uh, the rights were reverted back to me. So that being said, went to the meeting, they loved the idea, they loved the concept, tweaked a few things, and then they introduced me to Insurrection, is that what they're called? Insurrection Media.
1: They were founded in 2015. Yeah, founded a few years ago. They're a digital television
0: company. These two women are super cool, who I went and met with. They love the concept. We started ping-ponging back and forth. I have Dave pick me up for the meeting, and I'm thinking to myself, you know, Dave, Maybe it's time I bring you into a meeting. Like physically, you come in, you take notes, you don't say anything. You know what I mean? You just come. That's what I'm thinking. I thought I mentioned to you that you might be coming into the meeting. But Dave comes and he picks me up, and he's in plaid, pajamas, and dress shoes. And he looks
1: ridiculous. Well, I had no idea I was going to a meeting. You look like you were sleepwalking. You know what I mean? Like you were dressed as a (laughs) sleepwalk.
0: And I was like, you're not going in this meeting like this. There's just no chance.
1: Well, I had no no advance notice. Is that true? I think so. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, you're probably right. I would have dressed. So we go to the meeting. Just to impress.
0: And Dave really wants to go to the meeting. So he sees Target across the street. He's like, you know, maybe I can get some cheap jeans over at Target. (laughs) And he did. Dropped me off. I went over to the meeting. I waited it out. Dave shows up with, like, actually cool jeans. They had, like, pre-ripped jeans. Those are edgy. How much were those?
1: Actually, between the belt and the jeans, I spent $54, and I still made it on time. Look at Dave.
0: $54. What a budget. But anyway, went into the meeting, (laughs) and it was like, you know, I truly believe in omens, like in signs, right? I believe in signs. And if you're awake as a person, you'll recognize them when they come. And so this woman, Jordana, she runs this company. And we start talking, and we start talking about stories, and we get into sports, because in my show, there's going to be sports involved a Men's Hockey League. And uh, we start talking, and she was an athlete. She was a pro- semi-professional or professional squash player. You know what squash is? It's not...
1: So Entirely.
0: there's racquetball and squash is even harder. It's like a long, a long racket with a tiny head and a little hard ass ball. And it's you gotta move fast to play squash because the ball moves slow, so you gotta be fast. She was like a professional squash player. But the irony of that craziest shit is not many people know that world of racket sports, but this sounds like I'm making up a story, but I'm not. But our cousin, Mike Yellen, was the 12-time world champion racquetball player. He was the first racquetball player to sign a million-dollar contract with Ectolon Rackets. And my dad, who gave his brother his first job at the Southwood Athletic Club, Michael came there, took lessons as a teenager, was already a pro, Mm -hmm. and was a phenom of an athlete and became a world champion racquetball player so racquetball was in my blood it was in my life and my dad played pro and my dad was like second in the state in singles and first in doubles with his partner freddie lorenz and we used to travel to racquetball tournaments and so she, when she told me she did squash i started throwing these racket sport names at her like these guys <laughs> that i knew from back in the day and she recognized the names and like this sounds crazy but for me it's like we don't have to have too long of a meeting to know that i want to work with you because i was supposed to go meet with like two or three other development executives but i called the head of that company that wants to do the deal and i called and said i don't need to take any more meetings man i'm done taking you know what i mean this girl's awesome this woman is she's the one like she gets the show she played squash i don't need to here anymore there i haven't met a racquetball pro or a squash pro since i was eight
1: and she loved the story from that morning
0: love the story she remembered so i told her so i brought dave into the i bring dave into the office he's half asleep with new jeans that cost 55 dollars, and same shoes i don't even know if you did your hair came in i told her the story she loved the story and so i but i didn't bring you into the meeting i kept dave out in the hallway just because you know when you're talking it's weird if you're not going to be verbally into the meeting just to be sitting there taking notes so she remembered, she loved the story, and then my next meeting with her, she brought it up again to her partner uh, at the company, and then we came out in the hallway, and there you were, where, where, a week later, wearing the same jeans, which is, I only wear one pair of jeans, basically, but they love it, they love the whole, they love the thing. And what they said in the meeting was, and the guy from the, from the other company, from the actual company that's going to fund this thing, he actually brought you up. He's like, you know, think about these characters in your life. He's like, think about Stock Tip Dave. I mean, driving you around and having to go to Target and pay $50 to get pants because he didn't make it to the meeting. He's like, think about all these things. And so the bottom line is, um, we're going to do a deal with these guys, and I'm writing the outline right now, and I'm almost done with the outline. Then it'll go into script format, and we will shoot it. It probably, I'll probably change the name, even though Single Mike's a great name, I think, but Maybe I'll change it to something. You like the name Single Mike, or you like this? Sh- you think there's a better name? Because they were talking about like, the bench. You know how like shit goes down on the bench in hockey.
1: No, no, no. La Incorporated, like Single in La. Nah. Two, 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 two. on the nose.
0: Because single Single Mike just means
1: a couple things. It means you're
0: single, but it's also like.
1: Or at the bench with Mike.
0: Mike's bench. <laughs> on the bench, I don't know. We'll do a call in. You can call in. And
1: tell Mike me. Mike's bench, bench. Yo, know,
0: should we call my brother right now and just make sure, like, see, cause my nephews? I'm nervous. My 16 year old nephew. I gotta show him a good time. I'm supposed to be like the cool Uncle Mike. <laughs> like, what do I do when I get him from the airport? Like, take him right to the Grove, walk around, spend some money.
1: We'll what sick, should I do? Take him to Hooters. He's 16.
0: He no. He's. Funny man,
1: like
0: it's funny. Different personalities, right? So the sixteen-year-old nephew is a high-level AAA hockey player. He plays for the U-16s for Meyer. um, This you know, travel hockey goes to Minnesota in tournaments. He goes to Miami and plays in tournaments. He goes to Chicago for tournaments. He goes northern. I mean, he's a high-level badass. Hot, better than I ever was. Better than my brother ever was. He's a tenacious little badass. But he also is just like in his mind, he's a pro. So he, like, eats healthy. He lives healthy. There's none of that 16-year-old, like, let's go find a place to drink or let me smoke pot. None of that bullshit with him. He, uh, You know what I mean? I'm about to go fill my fridge with, like, fruits, vegetables. You know, he does want mi- frosted mini-wheat strawberry cereal, which <laughs> you were supposed to get yesterday.
1: But you didn't get it. Well, but, uh, I got the text, and I was already out, yeah, out, true, out true, of there.
0: True. But, um, but he's, like, a chill dude. And he's, like, it's funny because when I'm around him, sometimes I'm, like... Well, shit, I'm not that cool. Like, he's cooler than me. So, I don't know. Wednesday, I'm taking him to Bob Saget's movie premiere. Saget did a movie called Benjamin uh, with Rob Corddry and Sherry O'Terry and Kevin Pollack and Saget's in it. Uh, he did the movie Benjamin. And, and Wednesday...
1: He's still not available at the call?
0: Uh, he's doing um Josh Peck's podcast right now. But uh, we're gonna. I'm going to take... You think Cameron will like that? So I told Cameron today, I said, yo, just dress casual cool. Don't go crazy. you am not going to bring a suit. But we'll go casual cool at the Man Chinese Theater, which will be dope. I know you're looking at me like, can I go? I don't know. I'll see if there's an extra ticket. I don't think you can go. It's <laughs> a very tight thing. Uh, we're going to do that. And then there's an after party. So, like, Cameron is just a super cool, chill, laid-back dude. And his brother Ian, who's 18 is more like social. You know what I mean? He likes the girls and go out and like do everything with his friends and be rowdy and go to parties and throw parties and kind of like how I was living and, me, and my brother was living more, you know? But Cam is just a super chill cool kid. So I think we might just like maybe I take him down to Venice Beach. Maybe we go rent some bikes, you it's know what I mean?
1: Hit the path. If it's still there at Venice Beach, they have the uh the freak show with like the three-headed turtles, the uh two-headed snakes. <laughs>
0: All different animals with multiple. New they, roles.
1: they even have the Zoltar machine from the from the movie Big. Do they? Yeah.
0: I will take him down to Venice. He hasn't been there in years. They came here like three years ago and they had a great time. Even though, oh, is this this editor? Really? Oh, interesting. I thought I gotta. Let me see if this editor just. Number one, please, number one. Oh yeah. Oh shit. I just sent an accidental email.
1: You can unsend it, We have got 30 seconds. Do I? If you have Gmail. Really? You have to be sent into your Gmail. Oh, well, you sent it to me, what are you talking about?
0: No, I sent it to him, how do I unsend it?
1: If it's Gmail. It is Gmail. You gotta sign into your account, maybe you have 30 seconds to unsend it.
0: Oh God. Oh my God, the dude I just talked shit about, I just hit send.
1: What'd you send them?
0: Um hold on. I gotta just I can't believe that just happened.
1: <laughs> Why was it filled with insults? What was it? Yep.
0: Accidentally accidentally sent.
1: Do you want me to sign up?
0: Nah, fuck him. I accidentally sent it. I can't believe that just happened.
1: What would you what did it say on the email? <laughs> I don't even know. I don't
0: know. <laughs> I don't know, man. That just happened. What else has happened this week, Dave? Not every not every podcast is going to be a story banger. But, oh, I know what's going on, man.
1: I went to Reno. Oh, yeah. How was Reno? Reno was kind of a disappointment. Like was, I
0: told you it was going to be a disappointment. It's Reno.
1: I've never been. I got there, and I was just like, this is Reno. It's like... Well, at least I know I'd never have to come back here ever again. <laughs> yeah, check
0: it off the list. It's a place you'll never want to go back.
1: And then we drove down to Tahoe and Mammoth. I had no idea Mammoth was next to Yosemite. Some, I, don't, I didn't know that either, is it? It's like right, they're like right neighbors. Really? It was really cool.
0: You did a lot of driving.
1: Yeah, it was uh, seven hours on Sunday, and then another, we, we made a lot of pit stops on Monday to come back.
0: How was Mammoth? Did you go, like, did you do any, you didn't do any skiing, right?
1: No, we stopped there for lunch. I, want, I wanted to go, uh... Did you uh, see
0: the mountain, like the ski hill?
1: Oh, yeah, I've got a picture of it, too. I can show you guys.
0: Yeah, put the pictures up, Dave.
1: And then, um... Put the pictures up.
0: We'll put this podcast up tonight at, like, five. I actually wanted to... This piece of shit, I can't believe I hit send. Damn me, man. <laughs> I am such a dummy.
1: I actually wanted to go tubing. Where'd that even
0: come from on my email? This is why I'm heavy-handed. Jim Jeffries, just in case you want, to. (laughs) I'm very heavy-handed. But I just dropped my big thumb on the damn thing, and I hit send. Oh, boy. My, oh, my. Oh, I missed White Boy Rick's call. We're going to see how this whole thing plays out. You want to call White Boy Rick's lawyer? See if we can get it. Let's let's, let's play it out in real time.
1: See, here's the pic from Mammoth. Okay.
0: Let's I'm not even gonna tell him he's on this. Let's call Mike Weiss's office. He's White Boy Rick's lawyer. Yo, how come this isn't going into our pod? Mike? Where's Mike, man? I'm calling White Boy Rick's lawyer. Hi, this is Voice for Michael Weiss with AJ and B. Law.
1: He's not available, please leave a message or to reach him more rapidly.
0: Please send an email to M at a- I don't need to reach him rapidly. You wanna see me should I call my agent for the lit and see if she's available and try to talk to her real
1: quick? <laughs> Why
0: not? You hear you? Okay, watch. I'm gonna call them. I'm gonna call my literary agent for the book and see if she's interested in handling the new situation or what she thinks. I'm going to call her right now. She's awesome. Let's see. Here we go. Lisa Leshny. She did Jesse Itzler's book. She did Jesse's book is um, living with a seal. <laughs> and oh, it's not gonna call from here, so don't worry
1: about it. Forget it. It's funny that you know Jesse Itzler and he worked. I worked for Locks for three lock. years. I worked there for three years.
0: Yeah, Jesse Itzler is killing the game right now. He took a. You know what? You never know what job you're gonna end up in. Like, if you're passionate about things, like Jesse, you know what I mean. He was a full blown, is still an entrepreneur, doing his own thing. Then found a Navy Seal, David Goggins, who Rogan just, Joe Rogan just had Goggins on his podcast. I didn't want to tell Rogan that I knew Goggins because I didn't want to get into it. But I know Goggins. I know him from Jesse because he lived with Jesse. And so Jesse wrote a book called Living with a Seal. Living with a Seal he was living with Goggins and Goggins was staying there when I was shooting my man as a loser. And I was also staying oh, at Jesse's wow. house for a little while. And so i would be at Jesse's house and here comes Goggins, just shirtless made out of granite. You know what I mean? And just like really didn't want to be friendly. Wasn't really like trying to have a new friend. And I was working the whole time. So I saw him in passing and I was like, Hey man, you want to look at some dailies? He's like, no, nah, I'm good. I was like, okay, that's my relationship, is this guy going to kill me in the middle of the night? Well, Jesse liked my
1: nickname from your post.
0: He loves the nick- nickname Stocktip Dave. So Jesse, you know, he built up Zico Coconut Water, sold it to Coca-Cola, he had Marquee Jet before that. Just always been a fast-moving, entrepreneurial-spirited, next-level dude, operating on another level. He just always has been. I think it's because he eats so much fruit that his inner body is just lit up with pineapple. I don't know what it is, but he's also like a, uh, you know, an ultra athlete. Ran a hundred miles. He's nuts, is what he is. It's crazy. <laughs> but uh, that being said, he introduced me to this literary, to the book agent. And uh, that's that's who I'm going to have do the next White Boy Rick thing, I think. This is her texting. Oh, look at this. Man can't talk about relationships on this podcast because it's just not about it i don't want to get into it i think i'm in a lot of relation i think i'm in a lot of relationships right now i'm in a few we got to get you we got to get you in a relationship dave you know what i want to i want to turn my podcast into a partial situation where we get dave a date you know what i mean like let like dave's been on a couple bumble moves and these girls what happened to that girl she dissed you twice. I don't like it. So Whoever that girl is, don't ever do that again.
1: You're One girl welcome. was three times, and then... Three I, times? Three times, and then another girl I was talking to, I was just like, hey, I go, am I wasting my time? She's like, actually, I'm, I'm going to be in Long Beach watching the Final Four. You come down and, and watch the games with us. And I'm like, sweet, I'll come down there. I canceled some dinner plans that I had for Passover. And, 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 uh, ten forty five I get a text message. I'm like, great, here it comes. Here here it goes to cancel. And so and so so I get an email saying, Oh, I'm gonna be with a group of girls. It's gonna be really hard to talk talk to you. And I'm like, she's like she's like, we reschedule for Tuesday. And out of the blue I'm just like I'm like, you know what? This is cancel number four. She's like, Oh geez, you're counting. I'm like, No, I just have good memory. She's like, well, if I if I if I cancel on you in a fifth time, just never talk to me again. <laughs> her, Dave, I'm gonna teach you something her, right now. Her her issue is she she's in Long Beach. I don't give a shit if she's in Mars. She's done. If
0: if I find out that you talk to this girl again, I'm canceling you. <laughs> you're gonna be kicked. You're off here. You're gonna be banned for two weeks. Those two different girls. Do not let people treat you like that, bro. I'm on a one. I'm on a two cancel and out program. One cancel if you're sick, you don't feel good. That's one thing. All right. Two cancel, and I find out you went out with your friends and you're gonna have fun at the Final
1: Four. You're out. You're out. Don't let people do that. To well, no, she invited me to come along and then...
0: No, Dave, you're going to find someone who likes you. You got to find someone who just digs you for you. You are a character, bro. You know what I mean? You're a character. Sometimes when I'm in a conversation, you'll just be talking, not realizing I'm talking. That's an annoying... That's not a good trait, but someone's going to love that trait. You're <laughs> going to find a girl who thinks it, it's adorable to interrupt her while she's in the middle of a conversation. That's what loving the flaws is all about. You know what I mean? We are all flawed human beings, but there is somebody who's going to dig the flaws, and we got to. I can't let these girls step on you like that. So I'm going to bring. I'm going. I'm going to put this out there, ladies. Stock tip, Dave. Not only is he a smooth little dude, but he'll make you money. He'll make you money <laughs> on your podcast. I mean, he'll make you money in the stock market. So. Our next episode might be a dating situation. I might put two girls, three girls at the end of this table and we'll talk through it. Hashtag us too. You know what I mean? You just got assaulted, in my opinion. That's an assault on, on Stock Tip Dave. I don't like it. I don't 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 ever don't ever try to take a girl out on the fourth time. Where is this girl? Show me what she looks like. I'm gonna reach out to her. I got a few things to say.
1: Let's see. Let me find her bumble. Mess with my boy. Saturday, 8 o'clock, El
0: Compadre. I do know a girl that... My nephew is here. That's her? Damn, she's kind of fine.
1: That's one of the two that was putting me off. This girl's fine.
0: I don't know if you can see her, but... No, they just see, like, a bright screen. Actually, she looks evil with those cat eyes. Does she have a cat? And then... You have a cat. Girl. (laughs) Girl, move. I went to rent a car today, and there was a there was cat hair in it. I took the car back immediately and got a different car.
1: <laughs> this was the other girl that was like canceling on me.
0: Yeah, Dave, look how happy she looks. She's just like I just canceled on him again. Don't be involved with her. You're done with both of them. <laughs> you are but, done with both of them immediately.
1: I do. I do know a girl we probably could get on the show. I'd have to ask. Is she famous? No.
0: Do we want on the? You you want to just bring girls on the show?
1: Well, you said you were talking about bringing two or three girls on the show. Oh,
0: yeah. Anyway, I avoided writing today. I've not written a single word. Oh, no, that's not true, actually. This morning I did a little bit of the outline for the uh, single mic show. So I'm outlining it, going to turn it into a script. We are going to shoot that. Um, Let's talk about a couple projects before I get out of here because I know I've mentioned the garment district. So I'm just going to give you a quick update as to where everything is at. Um... Oh, awesome! Hold on one second. Let me just write back and say awesome. Let me just say awesome. Um, so the Garment District movie that I wrote that Nick Cassavetes, um has said that he wants to direct. He gave me notes on it when I first turned it into him, and it's uh, so right now it's at a TV company, Thunder Road made an offer to turn it into a TV situation, but I don't know if we're going to go down that road. But it is. Uh, we'll know something big this week about it being a movie. Um, that's in the, that's one of the irons in the fire. Swipers is in the fire. I'm dying to get back on set and direct something else and I want to direct this movie called I Killed, which is based on a true story and right now Mike Epps' people are reading it and if Epps steps up and wants to do it, boom, we're getting
1: the money we're going to go do it. So, that's where we're at. Go ahead. Oh, this is random, but since you're talking about Swipers and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, I, don't know, I got this person you should meet because I think he'd be like a great behind the scenes music creator person because he's already got a. I think I mentioned to you a couple of times. He's got a band. Yeah. And he's just, just. He knows. He can quote you every single movie. I. 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 You can be in a conversation with a dude and he will know every line from specific movies word for word. Really? Word for word. He can. Like. Um,
0: He's like the rain man of the shit. Yeah,
1: he, you know, he, he's... Like, I've hung out with him, and all he does is quote movies. You're like, what are you talking about? Is this the
0: dude your girl's boyfriend?
1: Yeah. yeah. That guy? Yeah, and he's in a, you know, a band called Ice Nine Kills, but, yeah. like, he's so into movies. What, did he
0: just text you and talk... Was that Nadia that just texted you? No,
1: okay. but but no, but I'm just saying, like, for behind-the-scenes movie stuff, or, like, yeah. m- making m- music and stuff, I think he'd have uh, a good I, understanding I, of it.
0: Listen, I'm all open. You never know where you're going to meet somebody you're going to work with. You know what I mean? Literally, like... I, you have to keep an open mind and an open heart in this business Because comedy is very ironic Because in this building right here where we are The greatest comedy minds on the planet Earth hang out here yeah. But it's weird how few of us work together Like with each other
1: like, I watched that Gary Shandling thing The first, I didn't, we watched the second one I watched the first one You see people like Gary, Gary Shandling just because you see, like, there's a picture of Gary Shanling. There was, like, all those big guys. Um, Kevin Nealon. Yeah, Kevin Nealon. And there was one guy... Um, Peter Berg. The guy who's in Baskets when he was younger. Zach Galifianakis? Uh, no, no. He's the other guy. Oh, uh, the
0: big guy? Who yeah. Won the,
1: uh, Emmy? Louis Anderson? Louis Anderson. They showed Louis Anderson, like, hanging out with Gary Shanling, Bob Saget. Like, they're all hanging out at the comedy club. Yeah. Like, everything... Was it Gilda Radner? They were all part of that crew?
0: Yeah. And it's funny that you said that, because I said that the other night up here at the comedy store. I said... They seemed like they were tighter back then, like they were just like a little clique who wanted to like be around each other, work together, talk about writing, talk about creative things. I feel like we are like a more narcissistic pack of wolves up here, you know what I mean? And I don't like it, and that's, that's why I invented, that's why I created the Young American Comedy Tour, to get all the minds together to work together for a bigger purpose. And I don't mean to sound, sound hokey and all that bullshit, but like... You know what I mean? Like you put the minds together and you got a better situation. And literally, maybe it's just my crew. I came up with like, I came up with Brett Ernst, Sebastian, Bobby Lee, Tony Rock. And we were all friends, no doubt. You know what I mean? We're all good friends. But it's like, I, I look at Tony Rock, I'm like, yo, we need to do a movie together. Like, we should be doing something together. Like I want me and Tony Rock to play twins from a mixed marriage. You know what I, mean? <laughs> like I said because we're just we're very similar like our styles of just like how we live our lives we're both you know we both like the ladies and we both talk a lot of shit and we both love you know sports we both love boxing I was like yo we need to play twins and I'll be the bad twin and you be the nerdy good twin because Tony Rock is
1: so you could have a scene kind of mess with you and then you're doing something and he separates us
0: Yeah, Danny's always trying to work his way into a show, to a scene, but Tony Rock is so (laughs) funny because we would go on the road and like I automatically go into like Big Brother mode for him because he's, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't know if he's famous, like he doesn't know that people could be coming from different angles at him you know what I mean and he's like very open he'll grab a microphone at a bar and you know turn it into a rap concert and like you know there's haters in the world and I go into like secure security mode so I'm like a big brother I feel like a big brother to him even though he's got big brothers but I feel like a big brother to him when I'm with him on the road and I was always like yo this dynamic is funny bro because I'm like a edgier I'm like an edgier dude than you to Tony like I'm, I'm crazier than Tony but I don't know. I just always thought, like, why don't we play twins? So that's just that's just another idea. You know what See, I mean? It just keeps going and going and
1: going. So let me get your thoughts on this because you said word association. I'm good at this. Okay. Just because you said the word twins. there yeah. There is a rumor of, an, a, of a third twins movie. No way. With Arnold Schwarzenegger, Danny DeVito, and Eddie Murphy as the third twin. Shut up. I shit you not. There's shut
0: a, up there's rumors they're stealing my shit who told Who? who who's producing that movie who's <laughs> making that
1: movie I read about this like a year ago just really? like really just like they're doing another Bill and Ted it's like
0: <laughs> I'm unplugging this damn thing this, that, that plug in my phone is the reason that I, I
1: hit send by accident damn. what did the email say I'm curious <laughs> what did you what was, was accidentally sent
0: look at this fucking clown I was informed on Friday the book is dead they're pulling the plug. No contract executed. What have you heard in terms of this development and the reasons why? Very disappointing. Just trying to get some clarification. Go F yourself, homie. Well, that's what you sent? No. 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 I don't <laughs> want to get into that right now. With that. that, That wasn't him who sent an email. That was somebody else. That was a writer that was fired before I ever was involved in this project. And we kept him on board for a small percentage because he put in a lot of work. But he turned out... Yeah, I don't want to get into that part of it. Because he might listen to the podcast. But it's, I, I wish him the best. He's, he's a very, he's a great researcher. He's really good at you know gathering tons of information.
1: There, but, are your new friends listening to the podcast? The, uh, the people for Single Mic?
0: Oh, yeah. Well, no. Podcast is going to be part of the show. So part of the concept of the show is that I have a small podcast like this. You know what I mean? And we stumble upon an idea that is gonna take this podcast to the next level. And the basic concept for the idea is that while I'm at my men's league, everybody's got these issues and I bring their issues and I talk about them on the podcast and it sparks a popularity in the podcast and a rise in the viewership because we're getting truthful. And I start bringing dudes in from the team, and we
1: talk shit out.
0: And it's really just like a therapy session. But I'm I, a therapist with no license.
1: I feel like you gotta ha- you gotta have someone who's like missing their two front teeth who just smiles like with a big smile and no 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 two no no two front teeth.
0: Yeah, that's good physical comedy. That's good physical comedy, Dave. But my team's an amateur men's league. We're not, you know what I mean? We're not a pro team. There could be some cheap
1: shots, some cheap
0: elbows. Oh, bro, I had Marty McSorley 10 years ago played on my men's league hockey team a couple times. He was one of the biggest bruisers in the NHL. He protected Gretzky for years, and some dude chopped at him in the corner, and McSorley hit him with an elbow in his face and the dude was a big guy, too. The dude literally fell backwards, smashed his head on, like, the edge of the... Bo- like McSorley could have killed him. He didn't care. He did not care. He did not want to be... He did not want to be uh, effed with at all, regardless of the fact that he was an ex-pro hockey player. But yep. anyway, where am I on the road? We're an hour and 15 in. Um, I think we're going to wrap this one up, Dave. We're going to wrap this up. Uh, next week... The week of the 20, or the 8th, 15th, weekend of the 15th, 14th, 15th, something like that. Let me see. Me and Saget are in Ontario, California. We're playing the Ontario Improv. I'll tell you exactly what the date is. Uh, 13th and 14th, we're playing the Ontario Improv.
1: If you want tickets, my my, my buddy ran the uh, Ontario Rain hockey team. Really? So I can get you. I can get you some tickets. There's an
0: Ontario hockey team?
1: Yeah, that's for the pro That's where the Clippers D League team plays, also
0: in Ontario. Yeah,
1: they're called the Caliente Clippers, and they play in the same re- same arena as the Ontario Rain, which my friend ran for like the last eight years.
0: There's an ice rink in Ontario. Yeah,
1: I need to know all about they've, that because I'm taking
0: my skates yeah, up there.
1: Yeah, and they have led they've led the league in uh, attendance for the last like five years.
0: What's the attendance? How many?
1: Um, I five thousand. I wish I had the exact number, but. As far as that league goes, they've been number one for years. Wow. And it's because of actually the two people I was working with at the sports company in downtown Los Angeles. They're largely responsible for it. Awesome. But they sold it to the Kings, and so they've taken it over.
0: Okay. I'm going to bring my skates to Ontario. I'm going to see if there's like a men's league game I can play in. I'm not kidding. I'm going to take all my equipment. You should. I can ask for you. Ask, will you? Yeah. Seriously. Uh, All right. So next week, 13th and 14th, me me and Bob Saget, Ontario Improv. On the 19th, 20th, 21, and 22, I'll be headlining uh, Phoenix Stand Up Live. Um, Bob will be headlining the 20th and 21st. I'll be headlining the 19th and the 22nd. That's Downtown Phoenix Stand Up Live. Find me on Instagram at The Real Mike Young. Stock Tip Dave at Stock Tip Dave. And uh, that's it,
1: stories that need to be told. I'm slowly getting there. I've got 338. 338- followers.
0: Let's set a goal. We got to get you a thousand followers within two weeks.
1: That's that's hefty. (laughs) I mean, I I started actively using Instagram pretty about this time last year. So I've got 340 in one year.
0: That's not bad. (laughs) Anytime Saget talks about me on his Instagram, I get like a gang of new followers. It's kind of fun. But, you know, we're also addicted to like looking at our phone and going, who likes me? It's all bullshit. So stop. We got to stop that. That's for another podcast we'll talk about. But stories that need to be told. We're out. I'm heading back to the cave. Go Blue, University of Michigan, playing in the championship game tonight. Can't wait. Hope Michigan takes that home. I think I'll go to my cousin's house and watch it. First, got to go to the supermarket, shopping for Cameron, make sure my nephew's got all the food
1: he needs. Vegetables.
0: Get vegetables, fruits, get him that frosted mini-wheat, strawberry flavor.
1: Get some Ovaltine.
0: I'll get him some Ovaltine. Why, well, is that good for athletes? Good, good carbs?
1: It's just damn good chocolate. Damn good chocolate.
0: All right, we're out. Peace. We'll talk to you later. Bye.